Hello, welcome to the Pro Try News podcast. This show's purpose is to give you a little bit more insight on what's going on in the professional level of triathlon. Um, the show has been a vision and kind of a brainchild uh, for many years between me and Pat and Talbot Cox. Um, there's been a lot of going back and forth. Um, finally, we're gonna we're gonna kind of give you guys a little glimpse on on what the uh, what's going on in the triathlon field. So I'm your host, Kyle Glass, um, probably one of the most avid followers of triathlon in the professional field. Um, I dabble a little bit in racing myself, uh, been race director a couple times, done race announcing a couple times. Um, so really excited to, uh, kind of dive into this part of, of the triathlon world. Um, I'm joined with, uh, by Talbot Cox. Talbot, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you want to do this podcast. He- yeah, you know, it's funny because Pat and I have joked around uh, a long time about do, kind of doing a podcast and, and also with Kyle. And I think that we we found it interesting because we all, we all talk all the time anyways. And we're like, man, we just need to record what we're talking about and put it on uh, a voice memo or on a podcast so people could listen. I think as we're all, Pat and, Pat's really intertwined with kind of the running community and also really, really intertwined with the, with the triathlon community mostly. And I'm kind of intertwined with the triathlon community. And so we're always kind of talking and, and everyone's always interviewing people on podcasts and doing things like that. So that, but this is going to be a whole lot more, I'd say just about pro triathletes, pro news and things like that kind of updates and all that. What do you say, Pat? I definitely would. And I think, you know, it's really important to mention, um, the first time that the three of us were all together. So I think, you know, really what what the audience needs to understand is the first time that Kyle and Talbot and I were all shoulder to shoulder would have been in June of 2014 in Chicago. Um, there was a WTS that took place. There's so guys that okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yes, this is great. This is, I, I completely <laughs> forgot. And so, you know, I think... Uh, Gwen and I had flown over to Chicago from our from our summer home in, in Vitoria uh, in the Basque region of Spain, and she did uh, what was really a high stakes race, a WTS in Chicago. And you know, she had I remember uh, drug testing took hours that day because it was super hot out. Um, and by the time she left, there were two gentlemen waiting for her that had waited must have been three hours. They had a giant head of Gwen. And they needed to get a photo with her. Those two gentlemen were who I'm on this podcast with, Kyle and Talbot. So really cool. Um, you know, I don't think that I've ever got anybody else in my life that started out as as fanboys of my wife and then turned into two really good friends. So I'm um, I'm I'm really really blessed. Oh my gosh, that was a really cool experience for us as well. I mean, we drove basically through the night uh, nine hours. We were still like kind of. I wouldn't say like broke college kids because we we didn't really uh, dabble too much college, in college, so but um, yeah. <laughs> so, not at yeah, all, yeah. not at all, exactly. So uh, we just we followed triathlon. Talbot was triathlon coach, and I was like, ah, I can kind of help you out, and that's how I got into triathlons a little bit harder. Um, we ran together in high school and um, just things like that, and then just kind of yeah. from there. But that was a that was a crazy experience. But I think going to Chicago. And, but I think sorry. Oh boy, I gotta, I gotta kill that noise. Sorry, guys. I I think it is important to note note that this podcast we are going to be, I would say, a little bit more upper echelon. We're going to be talking about 
racing and not necessarily the greater sport. I think that's that's going to be a, a nice little differentiator that we've got going on. So I'm excited about that. And then do one thing I do want to say, I don't want any pro athletes to take any hard feelings if I don't pick you <laughs> on a podium or if I don't think or if I say you don't race good or anything like that because I know we'll probably yeah, there will be there people. will be that. Yeah, no, we're not going to we don't want to offend anybody. We just want to yeah. we just want to call it like we see it and it is it is what it is. So um, and these and these are all conversations that we literally always have night before Oceanside. All three of us are on and right, texting and right. we're like, all right, who do you got for the win and all that? And we're mm-hmm. always usually pretty close and we all have good stats and the, facts to back things up. Um, you know, one thing the three of us haven't roundtabled, and I think we should do it here on our first episode, is where are we at? Uh, are we going to accept sponsorship? Are we not going to accept sponsorship? Are we going to read ads? Where? What are we doing? Gosh, I think t- from a personal perspective, once you start taking like sponsor money and things like that, that's when it becomes work and it doesn't become as fun. So I feel like over the next probably the first, I don't know, probably six months, that would lead us right up to 70.3 Worlds in St. George. I feel like we could see where we're at at that six-month mark. And then if something happens and we're like, hey, man, this is, there's a lot of listeners. There's, I mean, this could actually be something that we could enjoy doing and things like that. And then I think we could probably open up like Patreons or doing sponsor discounts and things like that. But I don't know. Just my personal experience, I'm like, ah. Once something becomes work, then it takes like kind of the fun part out of it, and that's what I've loved about triathlon. It kind of, but Talbot's more more so in the triathlon <laughs> payment industry. So, well, I, I'm interested to see what hey, he has. I, to say. I wouldn't do this if I if I didn't enjoy it. I mean, that that's I'm probably the same as Pat. I mean, I just like to talk triathlon, like to talk things, and want to want to have people be included. So I I could care less about sponsor dollars. That's great. Yeah, I think. Um I wanted to keep, you know, I want to keep this ad free for hopefully yeah, forever. As long as possible, yeah. yeah and, you for know, me if something well. we just can't turn down, I mean, look, different story, but, uh, you know, yeah, that that's the goal. If Lamborghini gives us all three yeah. new cars and then $200,000, yeah, we'll, then, hey. Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll about talk about it. We'll talk about something else. Okay, fantastic. Kyle, what's up? Well, let's roll right into uh, the race from this last weekend, Challenge Miami, uh, the women's race. Jody Stimson, you've had a lot of experience with her as far as from the ITU world um, back whenever you were traveling a whole lot, going to a whole bunch of different races. I was I was actually, I wouldn't say I was surprised by her performance. I did have her picked for my podium, uh, but it was kind of surprising to see her her actually pull away on the run and, and go and win the thing. I mean, look, I... I hadn't really been keeping track of anyone's form coming into this. Um, so uh, any any start line that Jody shows up to, she's going to be a contender. Um, it it was very clear, you know this this race would have probably been up if we reflect back and we do a post mortem on the race. It's easy to to look at how technical it was and understand that out of that field that there's nobody that's probably done more. Um, you know, accelerations out of a turn and then had to consequently run off of it um, more than Jody. So, you know, it, it's, um, I think it's been a while since she's, since she's won a race. Couldn't, I've, I've sat at many breakfast tables with Jody. Uh, There's, there's nobody, there's nobody better that could have won that race. I was, I was over the moon for her and her family. Um, Yeah. So what what can you say? I hope I hope she's going to be at the pointy end of a lot more long course races. So this is just the beginning for Jody guaranteed. Yeah. And, and, and just to add on to that too, I mean, it's kind of a, 
the what she dealt with a, literally a year ago, like just the other day, a couple of days ago, her dad had passed away, and her dad was there at every single race. I mean, Pat, you've probably even yeah, met her dad yeah, and seen times. him in races, and so I mean, racing off pure emotion like that, it is just like. Uh, yeah, it just, it'd be, it, I, I was there at the finish line and it was a very, um, somber moment or whatever word you'd use. It was just really, the emotions just really took over and she was just pretty breathless. And so that was just really, really cool to see. And I didn't, I didn't even have her on the podium at Daytona cause I didn't even think about it. And then coming into this race, I mean, it was, uh, my thought was between her and, uh, and, um, Lucy and, and. Paula so I mean yeah it was it was so so cool to see her win but but going into that though which brings up a whole nother topping point talking point because she won won by a minute 30 and not to take away or discredit that Lucy was was uh had that two minute penalty which I mean that's that's kind of a uh it's it's a newer on a course like this and she she had that illegal pass on the left side so it makes it a a bittersweet moment especially for Lucy and so walk, with that, walk, I mean, yeah, Kyle, you're going to go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that we could walk through that two-minute penalty is, is I'm one of those people that I like the draft legal rule of you being lapped out. So um, I think they may, may need to look at from a safety standpoint and also from like an, a racing standpoint of having, having that rule be maybe, I don't know, a two-lap rule because the swim is kind of that medium distance and then that first loop of the bike is like four minutes, but someone could easily swim four minutes down and come and win a, a, a long course race. So I think maybe a two lap rule might be something that they want to look at in the future. And was that the, was that the issue? Was she lapping a person for the second time? Uh, not the second time. I think it was the first time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, this is an issue. I mean, we, we've probably got to think about on these, when these, on these bike courses, when you are four minutes down, Four minutes, I'd say, is is quite on the short end. I think if it was if you got to a lap that was six minutes, then you could maybe go to a one lap rule. Uh, Kyle, I really like the idea of a two lap. Um, clearly, we're going to be racing at more you know car racing circuits for the next two years. Um, the athletes are going to have to learn how to deal with lap traffic, and and this is going to be mm-hmm. something that I think we see over and over again. Yeah, and not, and not only that, I I was listening to an athlete bring up bring up a pretty good point. I mean, there might just to, to eliminate that lapped is, is the swim standard. There might just have to be an, an overall swim standard. You can't come out of the water 10 minutes down and, and expect to still be in the race. So there might yeah. just need to be a swim standard that maybe like at eight minutes, Hey, we're sorry. You're going to interfere with the race. Yeah. Or yeah. so, because yeah. it would be hard. It would be hard that you had to have points to qualify for these races, but maybe just a swim standard, like, Hey, after eight, I mean, eight minutes is pretty far down. Uh, nine minutes would be would oh, be yeah. cutting it. So, so, but but then again, it's it kind of like what you said. They these athletes, the top level athletes, they can't make mistakes like that. I mean, you look at at UFC two fifty nine just the other day, like that Peter Yan guy. I mean, reigning champion in the UFC goes in to fight for his belt and defend it, and he does an illegal knee. The stupidest move you could do when a man's down, legal knee, completely disqualified. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's your job to know the rules. So Yeah. Yeah. Once you're competing at a high level, it's tough because you have all these rules, but you also have to keep those in mind along with trying to stay safe, along with racing. Like, there's your mind's going, going a mile a minute. So yeah. someone that would, would definitely meet that swim standard, though, would probably be Sarah Perez-Sala, who swam on Lucy's heels the whole race. Which yeah, did you surprising. ever see her, Pat? Have you ever seen her before? I didn't even know who she was. No, yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, look, I mean, when you we're in a, we're in a situation that tri- that long course triathlon hasn't been used to, where there's a a f- much fewer amount of races, so every athlete wants to go to them. And now we're talking about going to races now, where instead of you know twelve, fifteen athletes, we're talking forty five, fifty five, and even sixty athletes. So these are growing pains. Not to mention they're not doing a standard out and back style course. So. Um, these, these racetrack races are going to bring on their own set of challenges and their own set of unique circumstances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. That's the truth. And, and that, that Sarah Perez girl, she, I, I literally, I mean, I could be, I've, people might get mad at me for saying this. I had no idea who she was, which she's, she has had a pretty successful running. I mean, she was in the Olympics, Pat, in 2014 or 2004, uh, for, uh, breaststroke unbelievable so, wow and 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 then and then she went from there and in, in, in 2020 she was on a uh a uci pro cycling team Re, what was it kyle mario yeah rio miera so yeah rio 2004 miera. the olympics team for the breaststroke and then 2020 she was on rio miera so unreal it's it's gonna give us a lot more we'll see looks. so we're gonna see more of her to come oh definitely. Yeah. definitely if she once she figures out uh that run i mean Jackie Herring just bit really chased her down the end, the ending part of those last couple miles, and so um, I think Jackie she might have put herself in in the top American spot. Yeah, and can after we do that? Can we do a special shout out to Jackie? It's my understanding that she had to really fight for an entry into this race. Um, now, after getting a podium, I think she'll be done having to to really put her hand up and, and wave and say, "I need, I need, a, I've earned a spot here." So, congrats to her. Oh wow! I, wow, I that's... was not, I was not aware of that. Yeah, I had and no idea. Kyle and I were 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 talking just the other day about who we thought the best American long course athlete was because for so long it's been Heather Jackson. There, there, no one has even challenged Heather as far as the best long course athlete in America. And I mean, who, who who would you who would you say would be it now, Pat? I mean, yeah, I think we're, we're, it seems to be that we're going to have a reshuffling. So it's you know it's tough to make those bold statements in March, but I'm excited for for a you know a calendar of racing, and it's somebody by you know by the time it'll be it'll be great to see. We've got seventy point three worlds back on U.S. soil. We've got Kona obviously coming in October, so we're going to have a fantastic year of racing ahead of us. Yeah. Definitely, and then seventy point three Texas in about a month's time. So that that's probably going to be a pretty stacked field because that'll be the first Ironman branded race that we've had in some time. Wow! Um, at least from a seventy point three standpoint. So yeah, move, can we move um, on to the men's race now in Miami? Yeah, yeah. So the men's race, uh, we had Jan Ferdino obviously uh, kind of galloped his way on the run to uh, finish pretty strong. Um, I mean, the guy turns 40 this year, so I have to say a funny thing about Jan. We, I, I, I was shooting the female race and I sprinted over to the male course and you, and all these pro athletes were, were, and Pat can attest to this. This would be pretty funny. All these pro athletes got, had done their swim warm up and they're all out of the water and they're shaking. Cause that it was, it got somehow the temperature dropped and it got cold and it was windy and all these athletes are shaking, and none of them brought towels. Like one or two of them had towels wrapped around them. And Jan's over here in a full-on robe, and it just made me laugh because I'm just like, dude, what is like? Who even thinks of that? Who brings a freaking robe to transition? But it's so funny because after we had talked to Jan, and Jan was like, I have ideas when I go to sleep at night. I have ideas when I race every after every race. I have an idea. 
and I share it with my manager, Felix, and it's taken care of for the next race. I mean, what kind of level of professionalism is that, Pat? Yeah, I mean, look, he's the real deal. I mean, there's just it's undisputed. Olympic champion, three-time world champion. He's the best male of the sports scene. Uh, you know, more to come, more to come, obviously, I would assume from Alistair Brownlee. But as of right now, there's it's uncontested. So when you yeah. when you see the when you see the best guy race and he's I'm I don't know if Jan was at 100 percent on on Friday, but I'm assuming he was somewhere around, you know, 70 to 100 percent. That's what we're going to see. We're going to see Ferdino win barring any mechanicals or illness or injury. So uh, no surprise to me. He's a fantastic swimmer. He was a fantastic ITU swimmer. He hasn't lost the feel of the water. Um, cycling's always been fantastic for him. He, he does, you know, you, you see his training. He still does monster rides out of Girona. He seems to, it seems that he really has a passion for riding. Um, and, you know, running's never going to be an issue for him. So that's, you saw the, the best in class do what they're best in class at last Friday. And it was, it was a real pleasure to watch and, and tell, but it must've been a real, even more fun to just see in person. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, whether, no matter who you're cheering for, when you watch this guy race, it is so freaking cool to watch him race. You're just like, I mean, everything about it is just like, I don't know. It's, it's probably like people back in the day when they watch Michael Jordan. I mean, the guy truly is the greatest of sports he ever seen. So it is really, really cool to watch him race, which, which kind of brings you to Lionel. I mean, I don't know, Pat and I were talking is, I would say arguably in in Lionel's career, that was one of his most well put together performances. I mean, swim, I mean, I mean, you're talking about a non-wetsuit swim. The swim was definitely long. It was almost more like a 70.3 swim. Um, because I mean, I know Jan's not going to average 118 per hundred, which is what the tracker said. So, I mean, with the non-wetsuit swim two minutes down, I mean, Lionel had the swim of his life, which is really, really improving, must be improving with his uh, little Aqua Bear swim club he has out in uh, Tucson. And that group's only growing, right? So, Heather Jackson, she started coming to that group. It's Sam Long's there. Sam Long, I saw. Yeah, Sam Long. So, um, yeah, I mean, but, but, but Pat, Pat, said before the before the race that that bike course was technical and and good to struggle yeah and i think you know triathlon we say this all the time it's not swim plus run plus the bike plus the run equals three it's swim bike run equals 55 there's lots of components in there um miami was going to be unique given the accelerations out of all the uh, dead turns uh which consequently was going to, if you weren't prepared for that run, you were going to, or you, sorry, if you weren't prepared for the bike, you were going to get your pants pulled down on the run. It was clear uh, to me that Lionel had prepared for the bike based on how he looked on the run. Now I know people are going to comment about his run form, but obviously he, he was the, he was the best of the rest. So hats off to him. I mean, he, he had a fantastic race and it was really, you know, I, I watched his post-race video that you did, Talbot, and he seemed he seemed very, very proud of the work that he had done um, to get him in that condition for the race in Miami. Yeah, for sure. And and just to add on to that, I mean, the the race. A lot of people, Lionel, got a bunch of criticism going into the race because he was just hyping this up to be Jan versus Lionel. Which I mean, that's the only person Lionel wanted to race. I mean, he. 
it's not like that he discredited and think the other guys can beat him. I mean, he was just excited to race Jan. I mean, the, the, I think I think we all know how, uh, Lionel has uh, just he loves racing Jan, and he, it's just like he wants to attempt to beat Jan in Jan's prime. So I mean, that's just what he's going for. So I mean, they were them two were pretty far ahead of the field, but Ben Canute, I mean, yeah, a, a kind of a comeback yeah, run, yeah. man. I, he he dropped all the way down to yeah. fifth. And then was able to work himself back to yeah. the field. Yeah, yeah, it would be. <laughs> I, I think that also contributes to Chris Lieberman, though. He probably tried to go a little too long with Lionel out of T2. It was a, it was a very gutsy performance, but I think that that might have be, been what cost him the uh, the podium. Okay, can yeah. we just talk? Can we? So I think we've talked about both. The, we've talked about both the men and the women's podium. Can we talk about? Um, so I didn't I didn't get to watch the race because I was late to the login on Facebook and after the race started you couldn't pay the $3 anymore to watch the race. Uh, what do we think? I mean in my my personal opinion here is we want as many eyeballs on this race as possible and let's remove the nominal $3 fee. It's not that I don't want to pay it. It's that I want to remove friction from other fans viewing the sport. Um, Talbot, did you hear anything about that at the course or at the venue? Do we know anything about this? Thoughts for next time? Yeah. What, are, what are we going to do? I don't really know. I think that it might have been more um, talking with, with their team and just kind of, I mean, this none of this is official. I think that they were just wanting to gather numbers. I think not 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 dollar signs. They were wanting to see if we did charge, what would it be? And I think that's why it wasn't free because they would see people come in and then just bounce. So I think that that is why. But then that kind of leads me to the exact same thing. It is literally a click of two buttons that they could have put this in the North American YouTube page and charged $2 for it as well. And also that I've never even knew there was a purchased feature on Facebook. On Facebook. I know, I know. Me, yeah, so obviously there was definitely a bug that after the, the broadcast had started. But I do know one thing. I do know that from their numbers from the previous uh, event, Daytona, they had like 700,000 concurrent watchers that were sitting on their couch, watched the entire event, 2.4 million in and out, which those numbers were extremely impressive to NASCAR and NBC because they beat the Rolex 24-hour and all of the IndyCar races sure, the sure, entire great. year. So they saw potential. I mean, I mean, hats off to Bill Christie. I mean, for the first no, Bill's time. The, Bill's a legend. Made, Bill's a legend. Oh, my God. I mean, and, and I don't think people even give Bill the credit that he deserves. I mean, that guy came in here. He's like, I think for the first time, someone is putting up a challenge to Iron Man. I mean, the guy wants to make, he literally wants to make Daytona the greatest half-distance sporting event in America. And I mean, if you haven't been, and I'm not just sitting over here tooting that horn, but if you haven't been to that event, you it's it's incredible. I mean, what what they're doing for the sport to, to be that close to watch it, it's almost like watching 70.3 in an ITU setting. No, and it's so, a, it's a beautiful thing yeah. too with these, um, you know, I'll call them with these car racing venues because here's the thing, they're they're used to taking people and accepting fans, and they've got the infrastructure; it's already built in, right? You've got mm-hmm. you've got bathrooms, mm-hmm. you've got seating, you've got everything else ready to go. So I, I hats off to Bill. Um, the sport's so lucky to have him enthused about this uh, about the sport of triathlon right now, and I hope that he's around for a really long time. So it was all uh, the Bob Babbitt interview where Lionel brought him in and gave him gave him a shout out was just fantastic. So yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and yeah, just kind of like what you said, I mean, the, the other cool thing from a media standpoint is all these athletes are right yeah. there. You see all of them. When you're at a 70.3 venue, they're gone. They're gone for a big loop. You don't see them. And you, talk about spectating a sport. You see them all right there. And also the, the, the race lead up as well. I don't know if people had a chance to see uh, Lionel did a race week series. But I mean, everyone's right there. They're all on the same track. They're all communicating. It's very much like the shorter course ITU vibes, but it is long course and it is entertaining to watch. So yeah, hats, hats off to that. Uh, that that's, but, but Kyle, yeah, what do you, Kyle, what do you think about just the, the viewing situation and should we be paying? Should we not be paying? What's the, what's the fix? What's the remedy there? What's the path forward? From the, uh, money standpoint, I understand it. Like you get an extra, at one point, I saw there was at least 15,000 right. people watching that I saw. I didn't watch the stream the whole time, but that I saw 15,000. So, I mean, you times that by three, that's 45 grand that you just have that is sure. extra revenue now that can be applied mm-hmm. to pro bonuses and um, winnings and things like that. Um, but I think, yeah, I think moving it to maybe like a YouTube platform or another platform other than Facebook, just because it is so difficult to try and And you know what's really like challenging? Uh, funny, great story here. So I don't have Facebook anymore. Uh, my way, my pathway into watching it was I was watching it from uh, Gwen's, you know, business account uh, through on her fan page. Uh, so yeah. Um, yeah. Little, little bit, just oh, a little bit of friction there where it's hard. I had another person comment to me. They said, hey, I don't have Facebook. How can I watch this race? So um, yeah. just... You know, something something to think about. It's easy to go. Lionel's mom was the same way. I will I will give him a little bit of credit on this. The next day, and I know people, you want to watch it live. The next day, they have the full broadcast on the Challenge North America. Yeah, that's YouTube, awesome. Six hour no, broadcast. that's I mean free. I, look, so, I'm being I'm being nitpicky. I'm being nitpicky here, but I think if that's just if mm-hmm. we're if we're reflecting on the weekend, those are these would yeah. be some things. That, that was a big yeah, thing. That was a big things. thing, especially yeah. in the forums. People were, were upset about yeah. that. So, because it was on the Daytona race, I believe was on live TV. No, correct? it was on. Or it was am on. I wrong? No, was on it NBC? was on um, the Peacock. Oh, live Peacock, on that, right. sir. But I was watching so, it on on Challenger's mm-hmm. website. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And speaking of races, a race that is uh, finally back at it. Well, it wasn't official World Cup. World Cup race this year, but Malulaba track. Sure, yeah, and I've got intel from Malulaba. So, can I, guys? Do you mind if I lead with that? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, I've been to Malulaba, uh, notorious for a, a very challenging sw- surf swim there, um, which which is always mm-hmm. going to can always greatly ch- uh, affect the race. We've got another. The bike course is technical with a hill on each side, so it's really you have a climb out, descend, one eighty, climb up, descend down. A uh, bunch of laps. Different this year. They did the age group course, and there was zero zero surf um, in the water. So the the ocean was pancake flat. They came out of the water. Then they just did twenty k out and back on the bike. So it eliminated the hills. And I'm not. You probably aren't familiar with that area, but it's after that one hill leaving transition. It's just essentially pancake flat. So all came together mm-hmm. on the bike. Uh, and then they had, then they had a run both for the men and the women. So the men's race, Matthew Hauser, Brandon Copeland, Jake Burt whistle, that's your podium. Uh, you know, Jake Burt whistle, he's already qualified for the Olympics. He's probably, he's coming into the season. I'm assuming a little bit slower ramping fitness, a little bit slower. So 
that's probably wasn't a, as important of a race for him, but, but somebody like Matthew Hauser and Brandon Copeland, they have to demonstrate fitness and they've got to demonstrate that they are, uh, Olympic capable athletes. Um, real interesting mm-hmm. one in the women's race. We've got Ashley gentle who won jazz Hedgeland, jazz Hedgeland in second. Um, and I remember she was a junior. I've seen her at some different camps when, when Gwen and I were hanging yeah. around, she's not a junior anymore, but back when she was a junior, I, I had, would see her training with the Australians, um, in when we were living in Australia. And then again, when we were in the Basque region in Spain, so fun to see, fun to see her name, but third place, Gwen's old training partner. Uh, let's count. She's been to Beijing. She's been to London, fifth place in Rio. And she's going to get ready to go to a fourth games in Tokyo, Barbara Riveros. So um, great stuff seeing Barbara back oh in the gosh. mix. She's been dabbling with some long course stuff. Um, she'll go to the games. She'll be ready for the games. You know, she was, don't forget, she was fifth place in Rio. She had a fantastic, fantastic race. She's a true competitor. I've seen her train with Gwen uh, for many, many years. Uh, really fun to see her name. Where was where was Bugs? He was fourth. He got fourth. Oh, yep. all so right, he got all fourth. Right, so, right. and then I think what that's going to then move us into is what what happened with the what's going on with Olympic qualification. And I see we've got nine minutes left, so I'm going to try and make it quick because there's a lot to cover here. We can we can uh, we'll extend that a little bit more because we we have a little. We'll probably go like 15 minutes. Okay, minutes, cool. So, yeah. Olympic window is opening again May 1st, and will close mid June. Is that for that's everyone for, or is that That's just... for everyone. That's for okay. everyone. So there are some people yeah. that have already qualified for the games. That will not change. But there are still countries fighting to get three spots. So that'll be your uh... two for the mixed. You're guaranteed for the mixed relay then, but you want to have one other buffer for the individual. There will only be four countries that get that. So that's still in full yeah. flight mode. The other one will be what athletes are going to make the cusp to get in and what are going to fall out. And I'll tell you the last cycle we go back to, if we go back to the final race in 2016, which was in Yokohama, there were athletes that all they had to do was be top 40 in Yokohama. There was one athlete that I remember in particular that did not meet a top 40 place. He fell just outside of that and missed the games on this final race. And all he had to do was all he had to do was top 40, but he missed it. There's another athlete, Brian Keen, dear training partner of my wife. I spent many, many bike rides with him. Uh, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you needed to be top 20. And I believe you were 19th at the race in Yokohama. And you didn't know you were going to the Olympics until you crossed that finish line. And now he had that journey for two years when the Olympic window was open. Now these athletes who thought they had another year on it last when this closed in March, they're taking six months and crunching it down to six weeks. So the six weeks of racing that we see between May 1st and we'll call it June 15th are going to be incredibly high stakes athletes that can qualify for the games and athletes that will fall out of qualification for the games. So you are not going to want to miss any ITU racing, World Cups, WTS, any mixed team relays. Anything that's going on, you're going to want to stay tuned. So much more to come. We're going to keep a close eye on that here at uh, PTN. But that's that's what I've that's what news I've got. 
Kyle. T- wow, yeah. that's crazy. And and who 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 is qualified for America right now? Is yeah, anyone? Summer, um, Summer Rappaport. Okay, and no, no male no male to fit automatic. We don't even know if we have two or three slot spots. Correct. For males, right. Correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We still don't know. Because Matt, there's Morgan Pearson and Matt McElroy who are uh, definitely going for a spot, and then you got like Eli Hemming and. I think Ben Knut is still trying to get a relay slot. Yep. And I think you even have like Kevin McDowell won the race this past weekend in Sarasota in a commanding fashion. So you've got a guy like him who hit out and is trying to climb the leaderboard in points. If they do a roll down slot, if they take, there's a, there's a world where they just stop the points and say, okay, who's ever ranked first and second, that's who's going to the games. If you haven't hit the criteria yet. So yeah, it's, it's, it's what you have to remember is every country has very different criteria. The last go around and when I was, you know, fully immersed in it, I knew what every country's criteria was this time around. Mm -hmm. I had a good understanding of it, but then post COVID everything has changed and I haven't kept up with what the criteria is for each country. So there's the Olympic standard that you have to meet along with the country standard that you have to meet to go to the games. So there were, and and just to give you a little bit more background, there were athletes who met the country standard sorry, the Olympic standard in 2016, but they did not meet their mm-hmm. country standard to bring them to the games. Does that make sense? Oh, wow. So, yeah, so, yeah. so there were quite a few athletes. So there were, so then what happened was the ITU wanted a full field. So they said, Germany said, we're not taking two of our athletes. So they rolled down the slots and brought in more athletes that were outside the top 55. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's yep. funny. Wow. Well, hopefully we see in a in a stacked field is fifty or seventy five. Um, they're gonna for the for the Olympics they do fifty five. Fifty five, fifty five. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think uh, after that it'll, they'll take us into the race this weekend, which is the uh, free state triathlon. Um, and 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 I was going to give kind of a PTO a little shout out here. So a lot of people are confused on why the PTO did not sponsor the Challenge Miami race. And what PTO is trying to do right now with their money is they're trying to sponsor races that that wouldn't happen unless it was the PTO. Like so, like regardless, Challenge Miami was going to happen. Bill was going to make it happen. So the PTO doesn't. They're not trying to just hand out free money. They're trying to help races like this. So. This free state triathlon is in the middle of South Africa, and so this helps all the pros in South Africa be able to make some money, put some cash in their pocket, um, because there's not races going on there. So uh, it's it's basically located at a resort in the middle of South Africa, in um, Melon Sport or something like that. I, I'm not gonna, I'm probably butchered the name. I'm sorry if I did. Uh, Jared Brown gave us all this information, which is a, is a good friend of Kyle's and mine. But it's the South Africa National Championship for Olympic distance. So I think we've oh, seen cool. a lot of these. I think Australia just had their uh, national championship. Right, that's what Malulabo was. So, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the men's race, uh, basically Henry Schumann's in it. Um, and I don't even think he's ranked. He didn't even have three uh, races for the PTO rankings. But uh Bradley Weiss ended up going back home, so he's going to race in it. He's ranked 35th. And then Matt Troutman, who's uh, 32nd uh, and ranked in the PTO. So that'll be a, that'll be a pretty stacked race. Uh, Pat, I th- were, you, were you surprised by uh, Henry's performance? And um, were you surprised by Henry's performance in the uh, Challenge Daytona? I don't even know what place he got. He got fourth. Oh, I think. did he? 
So everyone thought that he was going to do terrible, but uh, he ended up getting like fourth. So you know, it, it, very, very. Yeah, consistent. I mean, it just depends. Obviously, he he's got a great uh, a great track record. Um, you know, bronze medal at the games. You just you just never anybody that has an Olympic medal, you just can't count them out. In no matter the discipline. So, uh, yeah. I, you know, that's the, that's the reality. Yeah, yeah, and then um, and I'm surprised we don't see Richard Murray uh, just jumping on this for fun. Yeah, I was I was very surprised to not see Richard Murray on the start list. To be honest, well, I mean, being from there and things like that, we'll have to we'll have to reach out to him and uh, and be like, Richard, where are you at? Yeah, tough to at? say. I mean, you just never know where these athletes are based. You know, if it's a home country race, but I don't know where Richard could be training on an island in Spain right now. You know, and then travel back to South Africa could be challenging. So, not sure where Richard's based. Um, you know, he could be training with Rachel somewhere that's a little bit more convenient for the two of them. Not, don't know. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And then the women's race, so Kyle. The, obviously, uh, Jared, our buddy, he's married to Emma Pallant, so he's obviously going to say she's going to win. Um, but there's also a couple other names. Obviously, a lot of South Africans are doing this race, and um, a couple people from another nearby country. So, um, it's hard to pick people. Are we picking nah. people or no? Wow, we're, just, we're, just, we're just going we're just chatting through. about it. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, I'm just excited. Uh, okay. I'm just excited to race. Now. I did. Hey, good news. I, I texted Richard Murray. I said, why aren't you racing this weekend, fool? He sent back money bags. He says, there's not enough money on the star oh, line. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, yeah, with that money races, he's the, he won the Island House a couple years ago, correct. right? That's the last correct. year they had it? Yeah. 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 So... He he definitely is uh, one of those people that he he enjoys racing racing for the big money races rather than uh, yeah for sure for sure and a, uh, a small race Anna Watkinson she's uh, used to be an age grouper I think she raced Kona I could be wrong on that she did do a lot of draft legal stuff um, but yeah I believe this is her my we'll see how good my research is but I'm pretty sure this is her first race as a pro. Um, from moving up from, through the age group ranks, so mm-hmm. it's worked out well for a lot of uh, athletes. We'll see how. And can it works we give Can her. we give our audience an idea of when we're going to be back? You know, I think I I don't know that we'll be back next week to report on the free straight free state triathlon, but what what is going to be what's going to be our our code of how we conduct uh, kind of post race recaps? So our goal is to kind of do post race recaps as far as um, when there's like. Big races, big name races, things like that. I know um, next weekend, the weekend of the 26th, I believe there is a Super League Arena race. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, I don't know. I saw Lucy Charles posted. I believe she's racing that. Um, and then a lot of other other folks. But I don't know how open the border is to Great Britain for athletes to get in to race it. Because I believe sure. it's in London. And then, so, you know, another thing the three of us haven't talked about. Um, are we going to are we gonna make an effort to bring some athletes in i mean is this a call out to athletes that are racing like we might want to get your your anecdotal thoughts and re- first-hand reports or what are we thinking here guys yeah that's what we were thinking too we, maybe sometimes pat might not be on the call sometimes i might not be on the call but we want to stick to pretty much this same summary we talk about the athletes we talk about the races and stuff so it will be so if we bring on a guest we're not wanting to interview them like like there's other incredible podcasts that dive into their stories yeah, and stuff. We want them to come on and talk like an analyst and talk about talk about these races, talk about who they think is going to do good and things like that, and just kind of get their perspective. So 
that that would be kind of our 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 idea as bringing on guest is more so you'd say we got to get we got to get more than we the three of us to that. listen to this thing though <laughs> yeah, yeah i know i know well, well my mom my mom listens so <laughs> after she, all of our moms listen when we branch out to maybe double digit <laughs> listens then we will we'll request that some some pro we'll athletes come on yeah we'll definitely do something before ironman texas i think that's going to be a pretty big field um there's also 70.3 geelong geelong okay yeah sure sure yeah geelong yep that's that's next that's next weekend as well Um, okay yeah so i mean we got i mean yeah obviously it'll be another battle coming up yeah yeah so it's definitely going to be a little bit hot and heavy the beginning part of the year and then ironman with all their deferral races uh it should get interesting as far as there might be i mean there could be up to ten races on oh, one given weekend because they pushed everyone. So, so, so if people we'll be, uh, if people listen to this and they like it, let us know. But we're going to finish on this segment, which is going to be thirty second hot takes. So just kind of uh, quick ones. Kyle. So hot take number one: I feel like uh, there should have probably been a backup bike course for Ironman Texas rather than them just throwing up their hands, canceling the race, saying, "Ah, we have to go through Harris County." So. Unfortunately, we won't they be able to do a race. They could have made something else work. They could have um, tried harder. Right? You got to do something. Yeah. You always have to have a backup bike course. Always. They could have, yeah. You never I mean, know I, I got to look at the map to see what, they, what their options were. So it's easy for us to say they could have fixed it, but. Well, I mean, they've had this race in Texas for yep. years and years and years. Obviously, they've had more than just one or two bike courses. They know the roads and things like that they could take. The whole race, I don't believe, is in Harris County because Harris County pushes all the way out tell but you have a great things, relationship so. with the race director there i think we, he'd come on and speak to us about it <laughs> oh, 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 i don't know about that well i i, I haven't had some good running ins with the, with the race director in texas they're not uh, the biggest fan of talbot cox media so uh i think lionel's gonna go down and race galveston but i'll i usually try to uh, steer clear <laughs> of uh their iron man event <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that on another segment. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got to talk about that uh, that experience you had at Ironman Texas a few years ago. That was uh, that was probably one. the funnest experience of my life. So. Okay, next one. Uh, another another hot take. We have uh, Waterburger's new chicken sandwich is better than Popeyes. I don't know if you've had Popeyes chicken sandwich, but last year everyone was flaunting saying, "Oh, it's as good as Chick Fil A, almost as good as Chick Fil A." But unfortunately, everyone in the fast food industry is getting in on the the chicken sandwich sandwich. I was in the drive. Uh, yeah, so have you had it, Kyle? Yeah, I just had it a couple, and couple days ago. It's good. It was pretty good. It was pretty good, yeah. I mean, Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays, obviously, so Whataburger definitely would be uh, on the list to go if I'm craving Now, Talbot, the last time I saw you in person, you told me you were never eating a Chick-fil-A again. And that must have been in about August. Are we, when <laughs> it's now March 19th. Where are we at with have you had Chick-fil-A since August? I, I actually can't even count how many times Shit. I've uh, gone to pick up Chick-fil-A sandwiches for uh, Lionel, me, and Corey. The, their breakfast biscuits. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, very underrated, though, is Chick-fil-A's chicken burrito. Ooh. Their breakfast burrito. Wow. Mm. It, it's, a, it's a game changer. It's about three, I think it's like $3.50 <sighs> just for inflation whenever wow. you're listening to this. Uh, All right, what's the next hot take? Okay. 70.3. Next hot take. 70.3 Florida. It's rumored that they're going to have a pro field. When's that? So, uh, if they, that's going to be the week after Texas. So it would be April the, the seven, 18th. 18th. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I do know Sam Long is planning on racing 70.3 Texas 
for the time being. So if Sam Long, if you're going to listen to this, just make sure that you race 70.3 Florida the week after, because I know you're the only pro that could handle racing back to back 70.3. I mean, look, guys, it's it's really interesting. I don't know what they're going to do for points and, and whatnot and how, how much that really matters at these 70.3 races, trying to qualify for 70.3 Worlds. Talbot, can you weigh in on that a little bit? Yeah, I don't. I I think that at the end of the day, Iron Man's going to have to do something on on building some type of uh, point system to to just hand out professional slots at seventy point three worlds if it happens. Let alone Kona. I mean, they they still haven't got any Iron Man racing going yet. So I think only time will tell. Um, we'll, uh, time will tell on this one. We're just going to have to sit back and wait. But but as it stands today, the list of athletes that have qualified for seventy point three, like for instance, if Lionel goes to Galveston. Can he if he wins the race? Mm-hmm. Does he has he earned his spot to seventy point three worlds yes. with that? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So that each race there'll be some slots, which Lionel actually already has a seventy point three slot from Augusta in two thousand nineteen. Okay, so it wow, just rolled cool. over. Okay. So quite quite a few athletes actually are taken care of for the seventy point three worlds. What will be challenging is Dakota, which will be a whole other beast if they they're going to have to get that ball rolling, which we can talk about some. Uh, political. Well, now we have a problem with Ironman Texas being canceled. I mean, yeah. how do you... That's going to be so, an animal. Let's move so. on to the next one. Next one, uh, all of our short course athletes got awfully quiet after uh, the Challenge Daytona butt whooping they got from all the long course athletes. I don't know if they got scared and went back into hiding, training for the Olympics, or uh, if they decided that the long course athletes are actually legit. A little bit of... Uh, yeah, I think you made three points there, and yes to all of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, Daytona's obviously. I mean, it's a. It, I told Talbot about this. You're on the pedals for 80k, um, and then you've got it. There's just this is very hard to train for that. And then uh, now, obviously, the Olympics come come back into view big time. And then now you you're seeing a bunch more a, races back on. So we had an interesting conversation with Jan after the race in at Challenge Miami. And he said something along the lines of when he was a short course athlete, he looked at long course athletes as, ah, uh, those people that are slow now that used to be fast ITU athletes. That was interesting. All, all long course athletes were basically just washed up old ITU right. athletes back in the day, which I think it's changed now. I think it's, I think there's a very high level performance of, of uh, long course athletes. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So I'm, Jan, Jan definitely changed the yeah, game. And I think you just have people stepping up that, I mean, they're just, I mean, you're, they're running fast. I mean, you, you've got to be, you have to be dialed in all three disciplines. You know, these, these, if you have a deficit somewhere, it gets exposed. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, I mean, and then not to mention now you could get away with it in the old days when the races, when the fields weren't stacked, but now with a much tighter calendar and the races being plump full, it's like, if you're bad at one of the three, it's just uh, it just gets ugly for you. So um, yeah. yeah, I think gone are the days of for now. You won't see in 2021. You won't see the ability to cherry pick races like you could in the old days. I mean, yeah. tell but you and I've seen you and I've seen pro races where there's you know seven pros registered. That's not happening. That's not happening. This <laughs> exactly. Year. Not, That's not, not happening. Not, not anytime. Yeah. Which is not anytime it's great. Soon. It's great for for audiences and it's great. It's great for um, that's great for everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Which which leads us into some missing race results. This is pretty funny. So we haven't been able to find res- race results from Sarasota and Claremont Draft Jeez. Legal Race. Apparently there was some USA athletes that raced there, people racing for USA Olympic spots. 
and things like that. Unfortunately, you can't find those results anywhere other than USAT's Instagram page of who got Are you being first, serious? second, and third. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite the uh, conundrum we're in now because we're we're missing race results for races of Olympic qualifications. You have people that we're really close friends with, Dar Smith, uh, Chase McQueen, Austin Hyman, uh, Eli Hemming, all of the what would be U.S. Olympic hopefuls, and we can't find results anywhere. So. According to World Triathlon's website, the race was canceled, but the race obviously did take place. So, can't can't find the results. So, if you find them, please email them to us. ProTriNews at gmail.com. What right. else we got? That's, that's all I got. Do you guys have any hot takes for me? No. I'm just ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm fired up, guys. That was awesome. I'm ready for the next pod. Hey, there we go. We maybe maybe uh, so we'll, we'll be the three hosts. We'll we'll bounce in and out, and there might be a surprise appearance every once in a while from from Stanley. We might have Stanley. Oh. We may have a. Are we going to go, go to the, to the park? park. There's always um, there's always threat of a Olympic medalist coming in and, and kicking me off this podcast. So she could be the title. <laughs> Pat, I will say I am surprised that you you were you were actually in. It looks like your office. I'm in my office. Room. I, was, I definitely yeah. thought you'd be. Well, I thought you'd be in your oh, sauna dude. by now. This little laptop would uh, would be overheated by that point. Now we did a family sauna this afternoon, and uh, no, if we if we got this podcast to be happening between two to four p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I'm in the clear. We're set. We're set. Okay, we, we got to finish. We got to finish with one story. Then Pat, you got to tell us the story. Of Stanley's new word that he just found out about. <laughs> Maybe this could be a segment on the podcast. St- Stanley's new word. Yeah, Stanley's new word. Stanley's new yeah, word. Stanley's heard. Stanley's heard some words. We'll. Um, I, I think it'd be best if I could somehow clip in. If we could clip in the video and let the uh, audience see if they could figure it out. But I mean, the problem is it's going to involve us getting an E put next to our podcast on the uh, on the Apple Podcast, and I think. Kyle, I don't, I don't want to do that to you because I know that involves a bunch more work. Well, yeah, normally, unfortunately, we're on Spotify right now, not Apple. Uh, Apple Podcasts. It takes about five days to two. Weeks come on, to get Tim. For that, so yeah, come on. We'll, Tim. Uh, we'll have to Let's talk go. to Tim Cook. I'm sure, I'm sure Steve Jobs is rolling over in his grave because no one can put podcasts uh, on. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at ProTryNews because you can never follow too much content on social media related to triathlons. Be sure to listen on Apple Music or Spotify. The more downloads we get, the closer we are to receiving our Lamborghinis. Send us an email if you want to be featured on our show, ProTryNews at gmail.com. Also, you can also send us an email if you did not like our show because nothing says we care like receiving a little bit of hate mail. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.